Section twenty three of the Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Ten. The robbery on the stormy petrel. Two. When Mr. Golden having departed, the Honourable Augustus was left alone, he laughed. The story of the jeweller's sufferings appealed to his sense of humour. He studied the list of the missing jewels. There appears to be some pretty baubles among them, and they appear to be marked at pretty prices. If Hardaway has got clean away with the spoil, they ought to provide him with a pleasant little nest egg with which to start afresh. He turned to the mantelpiece to get a light for his pipe. Just as he struck a match, his ears were saluted by a curious sound which proceeded from behind his back. What's that? With the lighted match in his hand, he turned to listen. The sound continued. It seemed to increase in volume. It was as if some rusty clockwork mechanism had suddenly been set in motion. It seems to come from the interior of the Marquis of Bowley's precious iron case. The case in question still remained where it had originally been placed, upon a chair. Mr. Champnell went to it and raised the lid by george it does it strikes me that it comes from inside one of these pretty wooden boxes from inside this one unless i am mistaken he removed the cover from the box in question the noise did seem to come from inside it no sooner had he done so than there was a sound as if a damp squib had been exploded a quantity of what seemed like water was dashed into his face and there drifted through the room a most unpleasant smoke. The Honourable Augustus was amazed. It occurs to me that the Marquis was right, and that these ingenious contrivances are infernal machines. Unless I err, one of them has justified its existence by exploding. Considering that there are twelve more of them, I seem to be in a truly comfortable situation. It is a pity Boulet did not keep them in his possession a little longer and allow them to explode on his own premises instead of on mine. What is this stuff on my face? His head and face were covered with moisture. He allowed a drop to trickle into his mouth. It tastes like sea water. What is the meaning of this thing? I'll have a look at myself in the glass. As he was moving towards a mirror, something caught his eye which was lying on the floor what the something's that he might well ask what seemed to be a circlet of scintillating light was lying almost at his feet he picked it up staring at it when he had it in his hand with growing bewilderment a bracelet of diamonds as i am a sinner how on earth did it get here an idea flashed into his brain can it be it can't be i do believe it is one of golden's he examined with eager eyes the list of the missing jewels it is here's the thing itself a bracelet of twenty-four diamonds in a plain gold setting with pearl fastenings when closed the fastening is heart-shaped five pearls in fastening it is golden's hello 
another of the marquis's infernal machines seemed to be evincing an inclination to go off the words were hardly out of his mouth when it did go off indeed the whole thirteen had gone off within ten minutes they had evidently been ingeniously contrived to go off as rapidly as possible one after the other so as the schoolboys have it to keep the pot a-boiling the room was full of suffocating smoke mr champnell was drenched with what seemed like sea-water and he was in the possession of the whole of the missing jewels they had been vomited forth by the infernal machines although this looks as if it were a fairy tale he told himself i fancy it has a very simple explanation as some half hour after he was driving down bond street in a cab his attention was attracted to an individual who was advancing along the piccadilly pavement the man himself so whatever may have become of the stormy petrol milord himself is above water stopping the cab springing out of it hastening towards the individual in question mr champnell accosted him a tall willowy man with a dark oval face and big wild black eyes i am glad to see hardaway that you're not drowned in spite of the boisterous weather which has recently prevailed in the channel you have probably been kept alive in order to be arrested on a warrant emanating from scotland yard champnell you don't mean it don't i when a man steals jewels to the value of twenty thousand pounds puts them with about two gallons of sea-water into thirteen infernal machines sends those infernal machines to the address of the marquis of Bouley, and they are brought to me and explode and nearly blow me up and the whole place besides it is generally supposed that that man has done something which necessitates the issue of a warrant my dear fellow it was only a joke for less pointed jokes men have been sent to penal servitude lord hardaway slipped his arm through mr champnell's i was so devilish wild and golden was so devilish sick that i couldn't help but spoof him as for Bouley, i owe him one for a dozen different things i was bound to be even with him sometime there was nothing in the tins but water and golden's jewels then it doesn't occur to you that you have been guilty of felony and also of what a hanging judge might construe as an attempt to murder i say champnell spare my blushes i hear dear boy you've turned detective you might do me a good turn and all in the way of business the fact is i'm engaged to be married the bonnie elise lord hardaway winked it will set me on my legs i thought that miss bonnie elise was not on board the stormy petrol she wasn't that's what made me so devilish wild she was to have gone but when it began to blow she hoisted the white feather i felt that i must have it out of somebody so i had it out of golden but i saw her yesterday and i made it all right we're going to be married at once i'm going to run straight i swear i am but if this tale got wind it might spoil everything i tell you what old man if in the way of business you'll make things square with ruby and golden and with old bully i'll give you any sum in reason you like to name say a couple of hundred guineas cash down a couple of hundred guineas you say mr champnell smiled what at at the moment was not quite plain you don't seem conscious that it is a rather curious proposition which you are making me 
especially as i happen to be already retained upon the other side but i'll do the best for you i can when the honourable augustus reached messiah's ruby and golden's establishment in bond street he was received by both the partners in a private room do i understand gentlemen if i return to you the missing jewels exactly as they left mr golden's hands that as they say in the advertisements no questions will be asked both partners were profuse in their protestations that he might so understand then in that case gentlemen here they are he placed a leather case before them on the table the partners stared if you will be so good as to examine them at once in my presence you will perceive that they are intact you quite understand that no questions are to be asked of any one and in particular nothing is to be said to lord hardaway i may mention by the way that lord hardaway is to be married almost immediately to miss bonnie elise mr ruby rubbed his hands and smiled we are delighted to hear it mr champnell delighted you may rely on us not to breathe a word to lord hardaway we quite understand that it was only a little joke of his his lordship is so full of humour mr golden's tone he was examining the jewels as he spoke was not quite so effusive if you had been in my place and had suffered what i suffered you might not have seen the joke quite so clearly ruby there is such a thing as being almost too full of humour mr champnell went straight from bond street to the marquis of boulay's he found the marquis in his smoking-room you may make your mind easy on the subject of those infernal machines here they are mr champnell took thirteen empty tins from a bag which he was carrying they have all gone off but as they were all filled with water it would seem as if somebody had been planning a practical joke at your expense that sort of infernal machine hardly savours of a secret society it certainly does not and though you mayn't think it mr champnell it's worth all of two hundred guineas to me to know it i am very glad indeed to hear it and so the honourable augustus told himself again when having returned to his own quarters he had propped up his feet against the mantel-shelf and was lighting a cigar i don't think that's a bad morning stroke of business five hundred guineas for doing nothing at all end of section twenty three